are back with another episode of Two Girls in a Mic. My name is... I said two girls in a mic. <laughs> I meant two girls and a mic. I don't know what show that is. I don't know where, where don't I was thinking. I don't know what that is. But anyway, my name's Miss She Talks and I am joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, Miss Lala. And we are here, as we say, for another podcast. So getting straight into it, La. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about today? We got things to talk about. Okay, so... Um, okay, so March for Our Lives protest is a protest that has basically come about because of the school shootings in America. Mm-hmm. So was it yesterday or the day before when, when they were protesting? No, hang on. I think it was the day before. Day before. Right. Okay, so day before. God, I don't even know when that, that will, what if that will mean anything to the listeners by the time this no, goes up. No, that's what I'm thinking. It won't. Don't okay, worry, get don't on. worry. But anyway, yeah, so this um, March for Our Lives is um, a direct result of all the, the you know, the shootings that have happened in America in, in several schools up and down the country. So we've got basically kids protesting about gun reform and protesting their government and being entirely just fed up with the lack of control that the government seems to have with guns and with the NRA so they've been protesting. Mm. So most people will be like, that's great. The kids have been proactive. They're, you know, making demands of their government because clearly the government isn't doing anything. But there's a sad, sad side to this, a sad and very disappointing side to this, a sad and very annoying, you know, part to this where we all know that there's been a major issue with guns in communities where people have melanin. Mm-hmm. And it would seem that whenever black kids are being shot up indiscriminately in record numbers by authorities, by people who are organizations rather that are supposed to be looking after them, nobody bats an eyelid. Right. Literally no one bats an eyelid. Right. So I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm I, annoyed. I think I've, I've felt that from a lot of people like that. Um, whilst in support of the 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 essence of the march for life um issue and as you said it kind of came out of like the last shooting in 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 Mm. that i think that was in parkland um in was that florida yeah yeah. so and it's it's children children that are dying Mm. and so there are a number of people now who are saying well there have been other children who have been directly impacted in the same way. Um, and talking about, as you said, um, black communities, like for instance, we all know about the the, the gun issue in Chicago, yeah. where there are outrageous numbers of homicides per year, year on year, mm. places like Baltimore, exactly the same thing. And there hasn't been the same kind of national outcry And so there is the question as to whether March for Life, as we discussed last week about um, Me Too, is March for Life, is it inclusive or is it exclusive? And I think that um, I felt, I've definitely felt and empathised with those voices who have stood up, not to denigrate and not to take away from March for Life, but to kind of say, well, look, this, this movement also needs to have some level of um inclusion about it and also some level of intersection about it yeah and 
I think that's, I think that is a valid point. Sometimes I don't really like when people do this kind of whataboutery, which I call mm. it, or I don't like when people kind of all lives matter, the black lives matter issue. But mm. I do think that this is quite different because this is supposed to be um, a call for a national response and a national discussion about what is a national issue in the US. And if this issue have been has been affecting some parts of, um, you know, people in America for a long, 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 long time, and it hasn't really sparked this level of interest or pushback, then I think it is a valid question to mm. ask why. Absolutely. I and just... it comes, it comes <clears throat> as a, the thing about um, intersection is it comes hot on the heels of yet another um, few um, police shootings of um, civilians in America, black civilians in America. So there's the Denisha Thomas um, killing where police officers shot um, a woman in her car, black woman in her car. Mm. Um, and then Stephen Clark, mm -hmm. who was apparently in his backyard or maybe his grandmother's backyard, shot 20 times. Um, some say without warning, without um, even the request to comply with whatsoever the police wanted him to comply with and that is also not just an issue of police br brutality or or at the lower end of the scale some might <laughs> yeah. put it um lack of police training it's also a gun issue mm -hmm. because guns are in the hands of their law enforcement and they need to be used properly mm. so the issue um about guns has to the conversation about guns has to and i think people are right in saying it has to stretch further than just saying there needs to be this conversation just regarding school shooting yeah yeah, yeah for sure because it's, it's it's bigger than that and i'm glad that you mentioned um chicago because that that is a city under siege as far as i'm concerned when you see the numbers of deaths at the hands of gun violence mm. like we're talking kids you know just just young black men and women who aren't even making it into their like early 20s yeah because of this yeah and it's been going on for ages and what's what's even more annoying that i do remember donald trump used to kind of use chicago as an, as an example as a city where there's lots and lots of black on black violence and i hate even using that term and it's mm. like so you know that this is an issue you are the leader of the of the country yet mm -hmm. you're not even prepared to do anything about yeah. gun control yeah i think his <laughs> I don't, I, he you know donald trump he, people know what his gig is because i think his um whole campaign was heavily funded by people who are either within the nra mm -hmm. so the national rifle association or um, who also have an interest there. Mm -hmm. So he is not somebody who Americans, I think, expect to even take any action on it because he, and, and a lot of Americans do always pull out the, the Second Amendment cards, yeah, yeah. the right to bear arms. But as um, I saw a sign, when I watched some of the footage of the, of the march, I saw a sign being held by one of the um, attendees at the march, which said that in the days that the second amendment was written it was legal to own human beings mm -hmm. times have changed Change fully so the laws <laughs> the constitution they used to carry, carry um, muskets they didn't have guns like right? they carried muskets back so then it needs and they were literally fighting for land like literally 
every immigrant in the world went to America and they literally had to scrap it out. And that is why the Second Amendment was there because people were lit people were stealing yeah. each other's land. So they made this law so that people could protect themselves from people yeah. who were stealing, even though we say stealing each other's land, it was even their land anyway, yeah. but it's another subject. But that's why the law came about. Yeah. We don't need that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, I do think there is an issue and it kind of mirrors the issue in my view over here where we have increasing... Um, it appears to be, I don't know if it's just, um, I haven't seen the stats for it, but it feels like there are increasing numbers of deaths of young black men mm. and due to knife crime, yeah. knife violence, gang violence, some would call it, although gang can be a, a politicized term as well. So sometimes I try and move away from using that term. And I don't think it's having, it's getting the fair attention that it needs to get over here because these are also young people mm. who are the victims and or the perpetrators and they are from a certain sector of society and I don't think it's I don't think the dividing line actually is race mm. I think that I think the dividing line is really um poverty and class mm, mm. i think when you look at um the areas in which these things happen on a, on a frequent basis and i don't think that the our government has reacted with the urgency that one would expect when you have tens and then over the years hundreds of their young mm. citizens being killed on the streets of this country I've said it before, yeah. I feel that we're in a state of emergency and the failure to react to it as, as as such makes me think it's possibly because of the the hues of the people that you see who are often affected by it. Wouldn't it be nice if um, Theresa May used the same amount of urgency with, with, um, with gun, sorry, gun violence and knife crime as she did with all this, this Russian news and everything do you mm -hmm. see how she kind of like oh we're gonna get rid of this di these diplomats and we're gonna stop this and we're go gonna boycott that like my girl was like let's do this Straight let's off. do that but yeah. when it was grenfell if it's knife crime if it's anything to do with the actual people that live in this country all of a sudden it's like uh, uh, uh. yeah she don't know what yeah. to do i think she plays to a particular audience Very and it's so. not the common people very much That's so i'm just because i'm watching my tv and i'm like i don't know how this affects me yeah I really yeah. don't know how this affects yeah. me. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. So, yeah, I definitely think that um, the March for Life overall is a positive step because it is it is been heartening to see large numbers of mm. Americans because I think for me as a UK citizen, I'm obviously interested in, w in what happens around the world and in world <coughs> politics and stuff like that. And especially the black experience around yeah. the world, because I do see us as, you know, a common body because mm. we, we all know why there are several black people all around the world. We know the storyline to that and the history to that. So um, I think it's heartening for me to see Americans standing up and speaking out against this thing because mm. there was this thought in my head that it just seemed crazy <laughs> it just like, like come you, on you voted for who 
And just, but just the things that have happened, the lack of action, for mm. instance, at the Sandy Hook shooting, where again, mm. tens of really young children Babies. guns down. Mm. And I'm just like, is there, what we just- What will it take? What will it take? Yeah, what will it take? Because uh, um, an unfortunately dark kind of commentary comes after, comes, in the wake of shootings after Sandy Hook, whereby if they didn't react to Sandy Hook, I mean, shudder to think. You actually. just, yeah, for real, for real. So, I think it's a good thing on a whole. I don't want to. I don't want to rubbish the movement. I wish that there was um, some kind of national response to what's going on over here. But as we are talking about the issue as it is in the US, specifically with gun violence, I think I, I, all I can say is I'm heartened by it. But yes, mm. I do think the conversation needs to be expanded because it's a problem that needs to, gun violence in the US appears to me as a non-US citizen granted to be something that is long overdue in its Very handling. So. And if we're, if, we're, if we're at the stage now where it's become commonplace and it is for young people to, be, to go to school and be shot dead at school by shooters, mm -hmm. people being shot dead, you know, in, in their neighborhoods, in, in cars, just drive, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it needs to be handled. Mm. So I think as long as the conversation is one that is inclusive, then um, I'm happy to see it continue and flourish. And I do hope it makes real change. Yeah. And with that being said, I have to say that um, the young people who are involved, one in particular, um, Emma Gonzalez, who's like the young girl with the with, the, sh with the shaven heads, yeah. and um, there's another guy, David Hogg, who have spoken out. They have been clear and explicit mm. in the fact of saying that this has not just affected white people mm. and white children, yeah. and they are speaking <laughs> out for all young people. I think one of them made the comment that. Um, I think 25%, I hope I'm right in saying that, I'm just recalling from memory, 25% of the students at the school were from a, a black background. Mm. And one made the comment that that's not even been, that's not even been um, like highlighted, highlighted yeah. in all the coverage. Mm. So it is distinctly kind of almost when there's no there's no spotlight when yeah. it affects well, or even how it with, affects um, black children the media like time magazine they did a um a cover <coughs> sorry a photo shoot with mm. some of the kids and they were aren't they're all white mm. so it's like even with that so and this is why a lot of people get annoyed because it's like gee we really like black lives really don't matter yeah. do they yeah even when it's something that affects everybody it's yeah. like we can't be included in this yeah when essentially, you know, gun violence has probably affected black Americans more than it has any other group over yeah. there. Yeah. I just want to play um, a little video clip from a young lady who spoke so just brilliantly about the Amazingly. whole, um, the whole, the whole thing. Um, her name is Tiffany D. Lofton. So hang on, let me just get my 
Yeah, I, I heard the speech and I thought, and it, you know, it wasn't even a speech. She was just addressing, hold on a minute. She was literally just addressing her presence there. And she tied together so eloquently and so on point all the areas that gun violence pervades. Yeah. It's not just the shooting in school <laughs> thing, as you said. And the way she drew it together and just said that, and it was captured so helpfully yeah, on social like, media yeah, like that. It was yeah. like, it, it really, to me, it hit really, yeah, hit the nail on the head. Let me just, let me just give it a quick little play. March for our lives on March 24, 2018. We're here for three important reasons. Number one, what they will not do is ignore black voices. Number two, what they will make sure to do is include our agenda in the agenda for gun prevention reform. When we talk about legislative issues and solutions for gun violence, it has to include the intersections of black violence. That means guns, that means gangs, that means schools, that means teachers, that means police brutality, that means state violence. It has to include all of that stuff if we're going to be able to do this together. This is not just about white people in school shootings in the classroom. They kill us in churches. They kill us on the streets. They kill us in the, in the car. They kill us when we're traveling. And they kill us in our classroom. This is about all the young black people that you look at behind you. That's what this is about. It's not about none of this extra stuff with the concert. That's great. We're here to organize, represent, and show power. And the third thing that we're here to do is make sure we have a great time. We came from all across the entire country to be here for a specific moment because I want my people to feel empowered. And I want them to go back to the field and to know that when they get back to the local organizing, that's where it matters. Amen. Amen. And you know what? She's the bit that she ended on. You know, when it gets back to the fields and the mm. local organizing, that's where it matters because there's this common misconception, and I've seen it pop up in some of the things that are said and written about, and uh, you know, this the phrase that we hate: black on black violence. Mm. It's as if they don't think that within those communities, people are speaking out and mm. people are trying yeah. to tackle it and people yeah. are, you know, shunning it and wanting it to stop. Mm. It just mm. You know, there there are so mm. many grassroots mm. organizations. So many there foot are... soldiers just out there, just literally putting in the groundwork, and they've been doing it for some time. And then, and there's no spotlight on yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes people think, oh, look at these, look at these animals just out here killing themselves, and just and nobody cares about it. Like, yeah, no, there's people out there like we. Help the majority of those communities, the yeah. yeah, the majority of those communities are not involved in the violence. That's the, that's the sad fact. So where has been the support, the national outcry, the national march for them? So she's quite right to expand um, the conversation in that way. And I just hope that that baton is taken on board by many other people and that the conversation does mushroom um, outwards because I think she just raised some really, really important Brilliant points. points. Brilliant. So good luck to all the kids out there. I hope that this is actually, as much as I said it annoyed me, at the very beginning of this show, I do hope that they get some sort of reform because I don't think America will ever get rid of guns completely, but I don't think it's such a big arc mm. to get some sort of, you know, just just some sort of grip on what's going on because yeah. it's out of control. Of guns falling into the wrong hands. Out of control. Of young white men thinking and losing the plot and just going into schools and shooting down people mm. because I I'm mean, upset today just <sighs> what is that and, and label it what it is as well terrorism mm. it's domestic my terrorism my mommy was horrible to me so now I want to kill everybody I in just, my school it's always some stupid I don't know where it reason literally well. I don't know I don't know where it stems from I don't know if it's some form of entitlement gone wrong mm. some kind of inner rage because of I just don't know but certainly um 
yeah definitely needs to be addressed so but yeah anyway let's move on so madeline mccann this seems like the story that's never gonna be resolved but apparently today um it's been announced that um uh, police investigating the disappearance of Madeline McCann have been granted more money to continue the search. Um, thus far, more than £11 million has been spent um, on the Metropolitan Police Inquiry, known as Operation Grange, but funding was due to run out at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. The Home Office, Home Office spokesman said the government was committed to the investigation into the 2007 disappearance of Madeline McCann. Um, Scotland Yard begins its own investigation into the case in... They began its own investigation into the case in 2011. So, my question is, is it time... What is it time that the Met just kind of put a lid on this case? Why do you think that this particular case has stuck... Or not even stuck, has just basically just had a spotlight shone on it god knows how long and in between the time of when was it 2007 till now i'm sure there were thousands and thousands of kids that have gone missing but for some reason this one child has managed to just kind of just i feel like just co-ops the whole kidnapping kind of thing if you like like she literally is the face of missing children in this country right right i well I, i think the reason why the um the the new story mm. continues to go on is because there there has been literally no resolution in that madeline hasn't been found but then you make the 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 right and correct point that there are undoubtedly a number of children mm. who have gone missing in the time since she went missing and that's like 11 years now um and (laughs) we don't necessarily hear about those cases whether those children are found or not Mm. um and i think that when the whole when madeline mccann disappeared it was immediately a big story and it was a big story for a number of reasons because of the fact that she was a Briton abroad. Mm -hmm. And so, and she had, a, you know, she, it was in particular circumstances and her family fits, um, a, I feel like a certain, a certain, a certain picture. Mm -hmm. And so there was the immediate glare and the spotlight. Okay. And then I feel as though, you know when the questions began to be posed, how the heck was she left um, by with herself? Yeah. Two, well, two <laughs> yeah, two younger young siblings, mm-hmm. and her parents were just off. So then that side of the story kind of developed, and there was feelings and um, discussion about those kind of issues as well. So that gave it more legs, and then the whole thing about the suspect remember and then the mm. sketch and then the i think perhaps a bungled portuguese um investigation um i think it was in portugal um i'll be correct if i'm wrong but um the bungled investigation there so that gave the story more mm, legs yes, yes. and then there was i think some issue of um one of the officers there 
doing, I can't remember doing something or either slating the UK police mm. or Madeline's parents or yeah, vice versa. There always seems to be a tug of war between the Met police and the Portuguese police. Right, well. and there was there was a particular police um, character um, who had been involved in the investigation and then that side of the story then got more legs. So I think that there were reasons why the story kept going and going and going because there were new chapters to it, yeah. none of which were the finding of this child. But it, it's so difficult to say because mm. if if that were my child, God forbid, you would want... Of course. All day, yeah, every day, yeah. you would want these police to still be on the case. Because I don't know. I, I mean, is there something? The the thing I question is: is there is there some kind of warm or even hot lead mm. that they have that they're continuing to investigate, or not? Or and have they really? And this is me just not completely not knowing about the police investigation, or all of us not knowing about the police investigation and where it's at. Have they? are they at a point where they feel as though there could be some breakthrough or there are some leads that they still haven't followed up? Mm. Or is it just going for going yeah. sake because we haven't found this child? But this is it. Like everything that you've just said are all the questions I literally said in my mind when reading this. Cause I'm, I'm just, it's just the fascination with the whole case. It's, as you said, it's got legs on legs on legs and mm. legs. And I'm just like, they must know something. Because mm. I always think to myself, if they're going to spend this amount of time, money and resources into this one case, mm. there has to be something there for them to be like, do you know what? Yeah, there has to be with some this, active leads, with, with actually. this close. Yeah. With this close. Or they have an inkling. Or maybe, because it's obviously, because it's, it's a legal issue as well, they have to be careful because essentially they could, if they do something wrong mm. they could mess up the whole thing mm. and you obviously you being a barrister you know mm. so you mean like maybe they, they there's some information they can't yeah, really give away exactly right, so right, if right. They do, possibly yeah. yeah if they do do that then it means the whole case will just shut down so right, it's like right, right. i can see the police maybe you know again I'm, I'm talking from pure ignorance and just basically guessing that you know maybe they they know something and they just want to follow it up and it might cost X amount of money to do so, mm. which is why in terms of keeping the officers yeah. employed, maybe trips, maybe just yeah. just the all manpower. of that, yeah, yeah. all of that as well. So I don't know. I really hope and pray that you know that you know a miracle occurs and they they find they find. Obviously, she's going to be how old now? Uh, I think she in was, her was teens. She, uh, possibly, yeah, yeah, because I think she was three or four yeah, yeah. because the younger kids that she was with i think i remember though they were they were aged about two mm. and she was just a bit older yeah, yeah and then yeah so it's been 11 years oh god this is it's a horrible story as well because Im imagine your siblings you're with your siblings and they take you they leave the, the other two you come home to find one of your oh just the whole thing's horrible mm and you're you're completely right. If it was my child, you'd want them to I'd keep want them going. To, yeah, I would want them to keep going. I think the question is, and I think it's you know maybe we're not privy, as I said, Joe Public, to all the information. Is there is there are there active leads? Are there things that in this eleven years they still haven't bottomed out, so to speak, or? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just, mm. there, there, there has to be, one would hope that there's a rationale. Yeah. I feel like behind... they know something, they just can't, 
just can't leave. That's the only explanation. Yeah, Shazza. because in this in this current climate of austerity cutbacks mm. and in particular police cutbacks, yeah. one would hope that there is a good and justifiable reason outside of what we said, which is every parent would want them to continue. There has to be a good and justifiable reason. And by that, I mean valid or real leads that they can continue to investigate upon for them to continue to inject money into this individual case. When, as we've made the point already, there are probably very many children who have Mm. gone missing in this in this time and maybe haven't also been located yeah. are they getting the uh, um an equal amount of resources placed time, upon yeah. them just interesting i remember um steve when stephen lawrence um died and i remember obviously the whole investigation into that and obviously that went on for years and years and years and i also remember a lot of people saying oh you know the lawrence should should lawrence's should leave it now like you know um, mm. why are they spending so much time on this case and blah, blah this mainly daily mail readers of course mm. but i was thinking again just like madeline mccain's parents like that is my child mm. outside of what you lot have to say i really don't care mm. i think yeah. the difference with the That's, stephen yeah. lawrence case is that um the investigation the initial investigation Mm. which began from the night it happened was bungled Mm. in in a number of ways and on in and in some ways some people say intentionally yeah oh yeah Um, all of that but also there are other people who were saying oh they should just leave it now yeah because it went on for so long no but the point i was making is that there remember we, we were talking when we're talking about the madeline mccain story we're saying, are there still things that you haven't investigated? Are there still leads yeah. to find culprits or people involved or, you know, the person or persons who have done this or where Madeline is now? The thing with the Stephen Lawrence case is those suspects, including the, the ones that are now in prison, prison. were named. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people knew. Yeah, so yeah. it would have been... Th- that way it would have been almost mm. impossible because you're I'm not having this justice denied mm, mm. and that was the, that yeah, was the and Lawrence's was, yeah, and they fight. were trying to deny it as well when right. even even the Daily Mail were like it's this person and this person and this person yeah they named them and this is the reason and blah 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 and it was like and if, why, they, if, yeah. they, if, if they disagree or if and they want they the can sue us literally doing the job of the of the police mm. And there was just complete resistance to that. So yeah, you know, you're right in 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 that regard, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't see this kind of um, coming to an end anytime. You mean soon. the this the Madeline McCann investigation? Yeah. Well, this is it because we don't know. We don't know if there's so close to a yeah. breakthrough. We don't know if it's just plugging away at the same things that they've been pl- like. Literally, we don't know. Mm. But as I said. I would hope that there is something viable there for them to continue to investigate or that they haven't got to the bottom of if more and more resources are going to continue to be um, put into that investigation. Mm. So, I mean, I guess only time will tell. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, let's, well, let's hope and pray that the result goes, goes their way because nobody wants to hear of someone's baby going missing and never to be found yeah. again without any closure it's just yeah must be awful horrible 
Okay, so did you watch any reality TV? I did actually. What did you watch? There's one particular um, thing that I watched. I watched the. Um, why is my brain gone blank? <laughs> I think it's because it's late. I watched the Married to Medicine. Oh, the part third three part reunion. Do you know what? In my head, I thought we discussed that last week, but you're right, we didn't. Can I say? That was a really real piece of TV. Yeah. That was a give really me a qu- real... Give me a quick, because my brain's going... <laughs> piece of TV. So remember the the one that we had discussed yeah. was the part two, um, whereby at the end, um, Dr. G oh, yeah. was relating a story about meeting um, up with a young woman along with a friend of his one who girl. also met an- another woman and they went to a hotel stuff was gonna go down it Mm. sounds like and then he backed away but then also toward the end of that episode (laughs) they showed um dr simone who is one of the female doctors on the program talking about um the position or being asked about the position as to her and her husband cecil's um marriage and she indicated or she stated um on part three that they are heading for divorce that she had engaged lawyers um they had between them worked out the terms of the um divorce and that all that was needed now was for cecil to sign the papers and when she announced that obviously there was like shock and horror amongst the rest of the cast because many of them expressed the fact that they always looked to Dr. Simone and Cecil as um, an upstanding couple, couple goals, that kind of stuff. Like they'd been married, Simone and Cecil had been married for like 21 years. Wow, was it that long? Yeah, so there was a lot of shock expressed. But what happened next, I thought was just, was, was really beautiful to watch. And it was really both the women and the men um in the cast rallying around Simone and Cecil and basically kind of talking them out of it talking to them Mm. and trying to get them not to do not to go through with it not to divorce and by the end of the hour of the reunion Simone actually said she's gonna put um she's gonna put the divorce papers on hold so that was, I just thought it was amazing TV to watch. It was very real. It was real. I think it was realer than even people like Andy Cohen, the host, yeah. expected. expected yeah. Because there were at points where, mm. you know, his shtick is usually a bit of, a bit of sass, a bit of shade, <laughs> a, a bit of, a pr- bit of shade. Yeah, a bit of prodding. Andy's been going, moving reckless right? lately. <laughs> a bit of prodding to get out the, you know, the little issues and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But he really took a back seat yeah. to what was going on around him because there was no space for that. There was mm. no space for the sass. There was no space for the shade. It was like real life shit going. It was a, it was a shady thing anyway yeah. for... There was no, room no, it was, for it. it was, yeah. it was real. It was too yeah. real. Absolutely. No so I kind of noticed that at certain stages, he just had to really sit back and let it play out. But it was really good to watch um, the men and the women, the couples kind of rally round yeah. and really hold up this couple mm-hmm. and implore them to see if they could sort it out. That was just, I thought that was really good. One interesting thing came out of it though, was that Cecil mm-hmm. has some friends. Uh-uh. <laughs> Look at my face. You see my face? Some friends. I was like, oh, Waddy. 
And no. Simone, Listen. as his wife, has expressed she that she don't, it. she's not feeling that friendship. Cecil's carrying on with the friendship. Oh, oh. No, do you think that's right? If no, you're married to someone, if you're married to someone as a woman and you have a male friend, but your friendship with that male mm. friend makes your husband feel uncomfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. I, I you mean, need to, you need to back off. The thing is, it's I like, would. I, I, without my, if I've got quite a few male friends who are married and if I, for even a second, thought that their wife or their significant other felt uncomfortable with me being around them. I would back away. My friend wouldn't even have to tell me. Right? I would, you just wouldn't see me. As a woman, yeah. I would back away. Do you know what? I'll tell you a funny story. One of my friends who's not newly married, but relatively newly married, got Instagram quite late. Later than me, because I was <laughs> late to Instagram. I was like, what? Insta- what? What's this? Uh, what? Who? <laughs> so anyway, he got it even later than me. Yeah. And um, I think I was away I was, I, I think I remember I was in Nigeria and then he, he followed me. So he got his account up and running and then he's followed me. Mm-hmm. I've not followed him back. Mm-hmm. So then he messaged me mm-hmm. and he said, why aren't you following? He WhatsApp me. He said, what? But I'm like that anyway. It's not, it's not everybody and everyone I will follow. If you, if you like, unfollow me. <laughs> I beg. Who is following politics? Who's requested me? But, but so, so no, but I've accepted him. Right, okay. But then he's expected me to follow him back. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, do you know what? Nah. I don't want it to be like, because I, you're my friend, isn't it? So mm. I could be all in your pictures. Or now I'll use like, it as like, messaging like. service. And I don't want anyone to feel funny about mm. that. So when he said that, I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll follow him. But, mm. but I just... You know, I feel like you have to be cautious. And yeah. that, that was an element of my caution. You have to be cautious around, you know, there's a there's a portion, I haven't said any names. So there's, you know, I know that mm. I will say that she's a bit insecure, not about me. Yeah, I've never had Just no issues, general. but having heard yeah. that, I said, let me not, mm. because I don't want any kind of, you know Mm-mm. so i didn't and then he said oh why aren't you following me and i was like okay cool that's invitation now you've even you've said it explicitly let me do it but there's little things like that that i've heard in the past people are yeah. moving funny about being insecure about mm-hmm. i don't want no problems mm-hmm. you're my friends i don't want to cause you any problems. problems yeah you don't want your name catch up in in any kind of argument so like that. for this yeah. woman now to i don't know if maybe if she didn't know but the, 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 anyway, it's not the woman. Mm. It's the it's blame him. falls solely on yeah. him. You've been married to your wife for 21 years. She mm. said to you, family, I don't like this woman. Mm. Or I'm not really comfortable with that scenario. What you don't then do. Mm. Apparently he invited her to stay at the house over some holiday period. I can't remember. She stayed for, Simone said she stayed for like eight days. Imagine that. Oh what you, what's the woman? It's just thing because they've got two houses, don't they? I, I, it, so I'm like, was she staying in the house while Simone was there? Yeah, or was she yeah, staying yeah, yeah. In the, no, she oh, stayed right, in the okay. house when Simone was there. But if, if you've already, if your wife's already expressed to you that she's not even too, you know, inner this yeah. particular friend, is that the friend you oh, know to much. invite to stay at your house? Nope. I think there has to be, you know, everyone's out here sometimes you know, even when you're in relationships, you're just doing this whole individual, yeah, but maybe this is how you met me or I knew them before nah, you. Nah, blood. I've Pe- just what said What you to don't you, understand. No. 
It's and there moment. has to be there has to be an issue of compromise. Mm. There has to be an issue of compromise. Else, what's the twenty one years counting for? Do you know what was really sad um, when Toya actually picked up on the fact that Cecil said that he loved this friend, but Simone, if, as we remember, was saying on the show he that finds he, it so hard he, to say. Yeah, he doesn't say it to him. her. And I, at that point, I was like, you know what? Yeah sick of fork in it is yeah. done yeah but you know what the only the only the only thing that i would say about that that's that's true that's fair fair comment and that's very true but um cecil was saying it out out loud so i i think he can say out loud in mm. a group of people i love simone mm. but i think the problem is when in that one-on-one mm. being able to say to her so i don't think it was an exact equivalent but it definitely was enough to be like whoa 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 you're up here expressing big big love for your friend just forget about that for a minute Mm. your friend if she's a true friend will always be your friend Mm. work on your marriage Mm -hmm. you know work on your marriage but i just thought it was a really um interesting to watch piece of television my views still have not changed about quads they're gonna get um divorced. Of course they are. Quad yeah, is quads not quads quads over. Quads yeah. quads out. Quads quads <laughs> out from long time. They are done. So you done, know what's done, really done. what's really funny as I well. I like Heavenly's husband. He's, yeah, Dr. he's actually Damon. he's actually too good for um Heavenly, and I think she knows it as well, which is why she does her utmost to kind of all this daddy talk and nonsense mm. and everything. But do you know what? There's my observations about Heavenly are this. She acts like somebody who's been bullied in the past you can see it oh yeah oh because definitely. the bully has now become the yeah, bully yeah it's so it's so transparent yeah, yeah. i'm surprised in all this counseling and spiritual mm. walk she's on mm. she hasn't seen it two i i don't know if maybe it's the nigerian in me but there's something to be said for the way she is with her husband the attention mm. that she gives her yep. husband something to be said for and, and in a way that perhaps people like dr jackie Mm. and dr simone could possibly learn from Mm. because she's a very busy career woman herself Mm. she's a dentist she's a dentist dentist. but she always if you notice all the way through the program if dr damon comes home Mm -hmm. if he comes into a venue that she's already at Mm. if she if he just meets her somewhere she always stops what she's doing Mm -hmm. and immediately turns her attention to him and if you notice one of the things that um dr jackie's nonsensical stupid husband that should have damn well got kicked to the (laughs) curb was talking about i can't stand him can't stand his boat race um was was right you can see no no element of taking responsibility in him i'm just like jackie every minute all you're talking about is her charting but what i'm even again you know what what i'm coming to say is sorry it's right though Mm. jack dr jackie and i'm not saying that that is the path that led him to cheat because i think Mm. men cheat because they want to cheat because they're that's if a cheat if a person time and opportunity if a person Mm. cheats they're gonna cheat you can have you can be put in a position any kind of position and decide mm. this is not what I'm going to do. You can decide that. It's mm. just a matter of your own morals. Point blank and period. It's nothing to do with, oh, I was feeling neglected. This one, that one. Neglect, will, you will still stop if you're a correct yeah. person. But the fact is, Jackie, n- in no way blaming <laughs> her for what um, has happened in their marriage. We're addressing you, by the way. But 
it's not every day you just come home, you walk through the door, as the man said, you're on the phone, you put down the phone, you open your laptop, you're there charting, whatever mm. charting means. This man was always talking about charting that you're doing, and you saw her doing it. Mm-mm. And I just think maybe if there is an issue in the marriage, you're not going to be wise to it. Mm. It's not, I'm not saying that that's, elsewhere, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that that's going to cause him to go and do anything. No, that's completely on him. But it's going to mean if you're so focused there, mm. you're not focused okay. there. So you're not even mm. going to see that potential coming if you can't see mm. that the man feels yeah, neglected. Yeah, because she said she found out on the blogs. That means I mean, you had no clue Even your whatsoever. female intuition didn't even didn't kick, kick in. in. Your head Nothing. was in the chart. Wow. You were there charting. Family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so so for... um um married to medicine in conclusion i would say i'm really looking forward to the next series if it continues in the vein that this series was because i thought that maybe in particular this series was an interesting look at marriages in particular and not the married to medicine part of it like the the married to each other part of it it was good it was very real so i enjoyed that so it'd be interesting to see what they bring next season right season yeah um real housewives are still carrying on with it for we finally get to see kenya's husband very good looking but i thought it was a bit awkward the way that whole thing was kind of set up so i'm thinking kenya i really would like you to get married and have the baby that you've always wanted however i feel like i hope this is another rent a husband job because you, you're too big and too old to be doing I hope, things there i hope mark daly i hope his intentions are pure with kenya that, that's what i'm saying yeah. i really hope it's not another... oh i thought you were saying that she might have just no got, i'm hoping him in. i want her to i want her to prove me wrong i want him to be the real deal for her because i genuinely believe... right but it's not her to pr- i'm saying i want him to be to i thought you were saying that that both of them are in on it like she's just rented him in it's, it's yeah really like, okay i'm, I'm right. hoping that's not the case oh right 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 because so, the way that whole scenario was mm, set up it mm. was, just seemed a bit weird to you're me. talking about so kenya was hosting a an event to show her um her psa her public service announcement announcement to do with domestic violence yes so all of the women um who are the main features of real housewives of atlanta so nini cynthia um candy portia Mm. shamia was marlo there i don't remember seeing Um, marlo no but Sheree was there yeah. and Kim wasn't there. They had all turned up. Cynthia had brought her mum because her mum had featured in the short advert that this whole thing spiralled out of. And it was a showing of that. So they, the women had been around Kenya, obviously asking her, oh, where's your husband? Where's your husband? Mm. In line with the doubts they have about his yeah. existence well, or having, who he yeah. is and, and all she the rest of it. Man, it's a man. Right. So yeah. she says to them that, oh, he... He needed to work and something or other. And I thought that that was really strange because Mm. I'm like, this is a big deal for you. Like he could have flown across state and then gone back to whatever he's doing. So what is going to be more important in these, your early days of marriage than supporting your partner at something that's clearly very important to her and something that she's clearly put a lot of work into. So then obviously she's on the microphone talking about um, the PSA. I think they'd shown it or they were about to show it. And he walks in. Mm-hmm. So that that's setting the scene. Uh, now I, right. So now <laughs> when you're saying that you think that you hope that she proves you wrong. Yeah. So you're thinking that they could both be 
just faking just, this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking that she's really in love. She, This is real for her. Mm. But I'm hoping that he is not a fraudster and a shyster and is just getting with her right, for his okay. own gains or his yeah, own yeah, karma yeah. or his own whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I think I've already ticked thinking, oh no, yeah, Kenya's, you know, because this mm. is what she's always wanted. But now, mm. this suspicion, I'm thinking, <laughs> it was just, hold so, on. Funny enough, I watched, you know when they do like an after show and they were asking Nini about it. Is this Watch What Happens Live It was a, No, it was another thing that they have and they have like, have them in these confessionals where they just ask them Oh um, right, okay, I've not seen that. The show. So they were asking Nini about whether or not um, she believes that they're that they're in love, and she said, "I believe that Kenya." Oh yeah, in... yeah, the cutaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, like, right, right. I believe right. that Kenya is in love with mm. um, with this with guy. Mark, yeah. So that might kind of that was shady. I didn't yeah, even know what to shady, think about but it that. Kind of like what you've just said kind of falls in line with what yeah. Nini's just said. I don't know when I say yeah. When I say I don't know what to think of that, I don't know. I don't know where she got that from. I'm mm. just saying it just as a like yeah. a viewer and just watching him. And like you said, it seemed a bit awkward. We don't know the backstory, so it's just a question in my mind. Like, let mm. him be genuine. Let him not be trying to just just come in for for the for kicks, mm. you know. But did Nini say it just out of the general shade that she has for Kenya, or is there something well, that she's based it on? She didn't say he was fake. Because mm. you know, if Nini thought he was fake, she would have said mm. something. Like the way they handled Cynthia's yes. potential bow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that level. It mm. was like, I think, basically she feels like Kenya's probably more in love with this guy than this guy is with her. Right, 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 right. Okay. So yeah, so that's 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 the situation right there. Okay, so that's another watch this space. Yeah. And that that this series of Real Housewives of Atlanta is um drawing to a close soon. So we're yeah, gonna see the oh, reunion. We're gonna see the reunion because like I said last week, Kim gets her ass handed to her and I'm I definitely wanna see that. Oh, I, I wanna see how wait. it all pans she, out. They're actually arguing right now in the shade room. Right. <laughs> you see the thing is, I don't I don't really know who's who do you think's the villain of that piece though? Um Kim, because she lies too much. Really? Yeah. You know the thing is, because of the way I think And I don't of, I'm really not into the way like I said it last week, I'm not into the way that she has her daughter far too involved in their little if they're all that, arguing that that is let definitely them all arguing it's just just stupidness but you're she's a child and you keep thinking that you and her you and her is you're not size yeah no no, and no, if no. Any i of get these that women come for her they can now because she's an adult but they do and they will tear her to shreds i so think that's, they do that's the position you want to put your daughter in yeah then you will be ever trying to fight for yeah. her and that essentially that's your fault yeah it's not no i get fault. that it's not the women's fault it's your fault because you're allowing that to happen i definitely take that point but out of the general kind of argument or the animosity between, or the war, let's call it, between Nini and Kim, mm. I have no sides in it. <laughs> I have no sides I take in it. sides depending on the season yeah. and depending on the situation. I just feel as though they're like, both... Don't get me wrong. I know when Nini's like, what was the, what was the, the, the year where in the reunion where she had on the white suit and she was getting dragged by everybody on the panel. Who, Nini? Yeah. I can't remember. That was the year that she really entirely, I just, I was finished with her. Done. Yeah. Because she was acting like she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. When it's like, you know when people can't admit their fault? Yeah. In situ- that, that is her. But that's what I'm saying and that's why in this argument, I'm not going to, 
So I that's why I have to take it side. season by season because one you. season it will be Nini, next season it will be our oh, Nini, the mm. following Nini are like yeah Nini, I'm feeling you this, and then it, and it just changes with the wind. Yeah. So, so I'm just going based on this particular season here. Yeah. It's like Kim, you're doing too much for a peach right now. You're dragging your daughter into it. Your daughter's about to get mm. cussed out by these grown women, and it will be entirely your own fault. Yeah. My I think my standing on it remains. I have no, I'm not supportive of anyone's viewpoint over. I'm just, li- I'm just mm. like, oh, I'm watching it like tennis. Like, like, oh, okay. right. Okay. <laughs> oh. And oh, we mm-hmm. have to mention um, um, Sheree. Yeah. Because this episode, I'm like, I wrote on the shade room. I'm like, Sheree is going to have Chateau Sheree's name changed So give the backstory Tyrone about Give the backstory Towers. about Sheree. So basically, I don't know how Sheree did this, but she managed to hook up with some man who is incarcerated. And she's been phoning this brother. Where they do that at? All the time. He's oh, baby her. this. Or, the, or whatever the case may be, they're in contact with each other. I don't know And they're how. making big, big plans to possibly get married. No. But where did that come from? I don't even... It's better you go back with Bob, yeah? <laughs> It's better Bob you being go her back ex-husband. with Bob because Sheree, you are playing yourself on national TV. This woman went through hell and high high water to get that Chateau Sheree, and it's a beautiful home. Beautiful. And now she's talking about building a, a section in the house a for, for, for this man, for this convict. But it's not just that though; it's the whole thing of the the leap in your relationship, mm. the growth uh, supposed apparent growth in your relationship has happened with him inside (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) hasn't anybody taught her about quote-unquote jail talk no I'm just like, I was just she watching it like, too old oh, to be doing And I don't mean it. this in an ageist no, way. No, no, she's a big woman. She's, she's too mature like to just suddenly child. fall into, oh, I'm in love with this guy. He's in prison. He's saying <laughs> everything I want to hear. Oh, how convenient. Mm. And now I'm planning. Now I'm in this position. And what he's in prison for as well, isn't it some sort of fraud or fraud. something? Is a fraud like star. that. So something acquisitive acquisitive offenses mm. and you're gonna come and start telling him that he's gonna now come and join your life that you script and script for hey <laughs> i'm i'm a little bit i'm just confused Ooh. by it yeah even her daughter the... in this last episode so she has a daughter who's away at college i guess we'd call it university age who was talking to her about um, whether she was having in a relationship and they had a, this discussion about him and the daughter even said and it's true mm. with all the fish in the sea <laughs> you, you go for somebody who's locked up like, mom really she better think about I think that reminds, you have to remember that she was with bob when they were really really young right and they were together for the longest amount of time and everything I'm right right pretty sure it's probably like her first and only only boyfriend so she's never really essentially been by herself or Mm. been single and i feel like with those women particularly in atlanta it's like in order to be considered the top dog you have to have some sort of a man on your arm so i feel like she's in panic mode so she's just picking up whatever is right whatever is around you know i thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna make reference to women who get into long-term relationships Mm. really young Mm. and so if unfortunately 
those relationships break down when they're um, in a much different season in their life, like maybe their late 30s or their 40s, that they haven't they haven't experienced the dating game, the you know, I'm going to call it this, but just the games men play or the rules of 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 combat you know mm. out there in the love scene so that she's a bit more green in that yeah, sense yeah. and so easily that too, duped definitely kind of thing. that too but boy it's like well you need to take a, a leaf out of phaedra's book i mean she went down the whole you know meeting me somebody in prison at, yeah yeah and look how that ended up yeah i think as well do you know what it kind of shows because we're sitting here talking about this but I would like to think that she has some friends who, you know, maybe it's not these women that we see on the show because they're not friends. I guess they're colleagues in a sense that they film together. Mm. But doesn't she have friends that are saying to her, Sheree, slow your roll? Because is her daughter the first person that said to her? I think so. Yeah, that actually shows. But that's crazy, though. That means you yeah. haven't got either. You haven't got close friends, or you haven't got real friends. <laughs> she ain't gonna tell them, lot. She's gonna tell anyone. It will be her daughter because her daughter will have less. Judgment. No, I'm saying in terms of her friends around her mm. who must know that she's oh, right. in yeah, this yeah. relationship, saying to her, Sheree, what are you doing? Seriously, yeah. So, um. Yeah, so it's interesting. And again, it's reflective. You know, the reason why we do this reality rundown is not just to talk about the TV mm. that we watch, but to also say that it's kind of reflective <laughs> of things that we know go on <laughs> in male and female circles. It does go on as, as, as you know, as crazy as these shows are, there's a lot of real life situations. Like when we're talking about Married to Medicine, there are so many people that are going through that whole situation with, oh, you know, my husband or my spouse has got a, a, a best friend who is of the opposite sex and I really don't feel it makes comfortable. Makes me feel uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With them being around. Mm. Like, I've seen that happen numerous times, yeah. you know. So yeah. when we talk about these things, like, just kind of take it in and just, like, listen yeah. to what... And, you know, the thing is, it's, it's actually a phenomenon, though, isn't it, about women, prison wives, women who know that mm. there are, like, men in custody doing really long sentences as well it happens in the uk and in the us and some women specifically reach out to men like that and become involved in really deep relationships with them knowing that they are Mm. convicted criminals and knowing as well knowing as well that Mm. they're not going to be out for a while and there's there's a specific kind of circle of women that go for people who are in prison for really serious offences, like like long term serving um, mm. prisoners inside for murder. Yeah. That's been the case over here yeah. and in the UK that you, um, and in the US that you hear about. Crazy. Starts with the letter writing, but women specifically wanting relationships mm. with men and in that want position. Someone who is dependent on them mm. and has to. I have to ask Cheryl for this because mm. she's my only connect to mm, get this mm, that, mm, further. Mm. and then you find that you know that's where the bond forms like he needs me for something mm, so it's a kind of codependency yeah, yeah 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 and then they may feel a certain level of importance because of that that's mm. that may be what they're looking for yeah it's interesting but yep again another storyline and we'll see um how that pans out okay cool all right we've got a letter yay we have 
And it goes, dear ladies, I broke up with my long-term boyfriend about two months ago. Mm-hmm. And the relationship was a volatile, controlling one. Ooh. Had been with my ex since I was 17. I'm now 32. It was a very difficult breakup with lots of verbal insults. However, since breaking up, I have struggled to move on. Very recently, I had the crazy idea to give myself a makeover in an effort to aid with the, with, with AIDS in the help with the breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, I shaved off all my hair. Yep, mm-hmm. I've gone and got myself a fade. Mm-hmm. After I did it, I had slight anxiety as one of the things that my ex loved about me was my hair. I felt even more anxious when I saw him just last week with my new look. He didn't speak to me. I'm not sure if I was expecting expecting him to or not. But it did feel a little odd to see him, especially with my new found look. Now I'm in two minds as to whether this is the look for me, as now I'm thinking about wearing a wig until my hair grows back. Can you help me find a way to get over my ex? Mm. Um, Yeah, she didn't put her name there. But yeah, that's the letter. So yeah, so she, oof, okay, this is a lot to unpack. So this is a lot to unpack. She's been with this guy since she was 17. She's she's 32 now, yeah? So they were together 15 years. Yeah, it's a long time. Um, had a horrible breakup. Um, was verbally abusive. Um, he was he was controlling. That was the bit that I yeah, got. And she, then you've she now said stepped the out. Relationship, um, she said the relationship was a volatile controlling. Volatile just sends cold shivers down my spine yeah. and controlling. And you've now managed, fortunately, I say, fortunately, if you're saying that this was a volatile and controlling relationship, you don't need to be in that. Mm-hmm. You've managed to get out of that. You're doing things for yourself, but then you're concerned about how he reacted to your hair. Yeah. That she, sounds like there's still some, um, feelings. N- not even necessarily feelings, but it may just be habit. Mm-hmm. It may be habit about knowing that he has views that he may have expressed quite strongly or even physically about things that you do. Mm. So you're still locked in the mindset that you have to give a toss about how he felt or how yeah. he reacted and all the rest of it. And the point is, you don't. I feel like that's big. To be able to move away from a relationship that went on for 15 years in the kind of circumstances that you described that often, often women feel held hostage in and unable to leave is an amazing step Mm. you've done the hard work yeah yeah. and as they say a woman who cuts her hair is a woman who's ready to change the world Mm. so you've taken another amazing step and i think actually it was kind of there's a lot of you could have done anything you could have you could have dyed your hair you could have permed your hair straightened your hair i don't know what kind of hair you have but there was so many yeah there's so many things that you did but it's interesting that you chose to cut it all off when you when you know that this was something that he really liked yeah so to me i feel like you're on the right path i feel like maybe writing the letter or having seen him and his reaction Mm. has just made you stumble a bit but you've taken really amazingly huge steps leaving a 15 year volatile and controlling relationship
cutting all your hair off because we know about women mm, and the and issues that they may face with their hair, black yeah. or white. Um, and so doing those two things, I think that you are well on your way. Mm, you've already taken the first, it's not even a step, you've taken a huge leap. Right? You know. So I feel like you're well on your way and I feel like maybe just seeing him has caused you to stumble yeah. somewhat, but you haven't fallen. I think her cutting her hair is potentially a sign that she, obviously she knows that he really liked her yeah. hair. And cause the relationship was quite volatile and controlling as she said, that was probably a way to kind of get that control, get that control away, or get that control back, get right. her power back. Right. So like, if you like my hair so much, no, this is my hair. And just to show you that I control me, you mm. don't control me, I'm just gonna cut it yeah, off. Yeah, I feel like it was a big, yeah. I, yeah. Feel, I feel like it was, it was definitely, um, in some way at least, rooted in the fact that he really liked her hair. So in doing that, but that thought process leads me to the conclusion that actually you are starting to move away, you're starting to heal, you're, you are starting to get over your ex. I would say, um, not that you should live your life in any kind of fear, but definitely mm. I feel like at this stage, maybe take active steps to avoid mm. being where you know he might be. Yes. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't consider that to be running scared. scared. I consider that to be um, protective. Mm. Protective over your mind. Like properly break away. Yeah, protective <laughs> over the journey you're on. And just throw yourself into mm. into you. Uh, 15 years is a long, long time, time as well. Like you've formed habits and things that are going to take a little while for you to come out of, come out of those habits. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to do that, as Sheza rightly said, you need to step away from things that probably remind you of him. Mm -hmm. Cutting your hair was probably the best thing you could have done. Mm -hmm. So the first step, mm -hmm. it's like the hair reminds me of you. Um, it would be nice that it, after a while, after time, if you let your hair grow back, that your hair then doesn't symbolize him. Something that he likes. Because essentially it's, it's, you yeah, it's it. your yeah. hair. It's growing out of your scalp. So you should be able to just have your hair yeah. and just, just have it and like it. And not every time you see it, be like, oh God, I remember he used to really like my hair mm -hmm, this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I understand that this potential, at this particular time in your life, you're at a point where you need to kind of let go of things mm. that remind you of, 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 of him. So that's your healing process started. Yeah. You've, you've already started as Shezza said, you seeing him just a little stumble in the road. Yeah, because I think like you're it. vulnerable. Ex yeah. Accept that you're vulnerable and that doesn't mean weak. Yeah. Like, and that's I fine. It's, we're all vulnerable at times. It's yeah. okay to be that. It's just getting right back on that horse and just continuing, Yeah, you know, as you started. And so. one thing I, 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 yeah. I say, and I have said, I've said at times when I've, you know, spoken on panels, I've spoken to women about all different kinds of subjects. You need to get into yourself. I'm into myself. Make no apologies for that. I'm into myself. I care about myself. So I want to do things that are good for myself. I don't always succeed, yeah. but I try to do things that are good for me, that suit me, that feel good to me, that make me feel good. So if there's a situation that doesn't make me feel good or leaves me uncomfortable mm -hmm. or leaves me uncertain or leaves me feeling any kind of negativity, I'm bound to just yeah. turn my back from that, not walk into that, not confront that, just just X that out. And I again, that's what I mean by, you know, maybe try to not be places where he's at. And I don't see that as running scared. Mm -hmm. I see that as a necessary act of self-protection. Mm -hmm. Just get into yourself.
as well. Get into yourself. Be really into yourself. Forget what he liked about you, like you said. <laughs> when you top. grow your hair back, if you choose to grow your hair back, love it as your hair that you like about yeah. yourself. So I feel like just in summary, in answer to the question, to help you get over your ex, you sound like you're well on your way. Mm. Go ahead, Definitely. girl. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> you rub that hair of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up the show with Shady Corner versus You Are The Light. Shadso, have you got anything to put into Shady Corner? Do you know what I want to put into Shady Corner? Really bad accents. We've discussed <laughs> this before, right? We've discussed this before. We've discussed this in relation to Cool Runnings, a film oh, that you have particular eye for. Um, we've discussed it in relation to how Stella got her groove oh. back. And Stella, <laughs> man, my love, your man. Stella, it's not even that good. Actually, that's a good accent compared to what Kate Diggs was doing. So, on the radio recently, on a particular um, commercial radio station, <laughs> I heard an advert for um, Beyonce and Jay Z's "On the Run" two tour, which I can't afford. La, <laughs> let me just tell you something. I don't know which kind of sing-song Jafakan Caribbean accent they had it. for the person doing it. But I was just like, really? In 2018, you still cannot oh find God. someone to do what sounds like a genuine all the jamaicans running around in this country you've got to be kidding me i just don't know so i was really (laughs) really disappointed with that and i just feel like what station come on man it's shall i name the station yes go and name name and shame them because they need to i don't know capital extra (laughs) capital extra okay it was them so the advert i just felt was really really poor really poor it's just struck me as really poor and maybe it's i i don't know maybe it's a sign of who they think is uh, is their core audience perhaps it's still that was dodgy jamaican no 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 but (laughs) people who maybe they think perhaps won't be able to recognize a real accent from a fake accent is the point i'm getting at so it's just like it was just i just i didn't even laugh it wasn't funny it was just like really i i I can. Never I was hear, listening to it. And I, I can never hear know, this. I didn't even know what it was at first, and then mm. I heard them say maybe like something like Beyonce, and then then I heard them say I said what in the name of I don't even see the connection. Why have they used somebody with a faux Jamaican accent to advertise on the run? I think it's because they're currently. I just keep seeing on social media that they were filming a video in, in Jamaica. Jamaica yeah. So I don't know if that's supposed to be some kind of theme because obviously you've seen them both on the motorbike, Beyonce behind yeah. Jay Z, and that they've had that kind of theme before so i don't know if that's part of the theme of the concert but in any event if it's anything to do with jamaica if it's anything to do with the caribbean that accent did not make it (laughs) so they can go into whoever produced that advert needs to go into shady corner Hmm. so that that's my only one for this week to put into the lights um I don't know. Who do you want to... Oh, I do know. Mm. So going back to what we spoke about at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, the March for Life. Mm. There was a young black girl, Naomi. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her surname. I think it might have been Hadley. Yeah. Something of that nature. And she gave a really powerful and impassioned speech. And a speech which was beyond her years. I think she was about 11 um, talking about the need for um, gun reform in keeping with what the March 
for life was about. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it was amazing seeing um, Naomi Wadler. Wadler, okay. So it was amazing seeing and hearing somebody that looks like her of her age already able to express herself on such a large stage about such a big issue um so she deserves i mean all of the young people who are speaking out in my view deserve um to be in the light and they deserve to have this light shone Mm. upon them because i know it sounds cliched and i know whitney houston has said it but the children are the future (laughs) so um you know and they are that's exactly what they're doing she's leading so anyway if i can just finish as an 11 year old because whenever okay, so that's i think my of that one. song that's sorry that's why i hear okay <laughs> sorry right, who are you putting into the light because i've go. got no one to put into the light okay so yeah so, so my, my thing is how... oh no i have sorry oh, what am finish. i talking about let me go um sorry virgil abler oh yes yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. he's been announced as the um oh god um, the creative director creative is it artistic director of um louis vuitton menswear so if you know anything about Virgil, he is literally the man behind Kanye West and all of those looks. So whenever mm. you like, yeah, Kanye West, the truth, and he creates this, mm. it's actually Virgil. Mm. But um, yeah, shouts out to him. For, and he's got his own line, Off-White yes, as well. Yes, he has. So he's an amazing talent and we're really pleased for him. There's a lot of black excellence in fashion going Amen. on right now. So shouts out to him. Big up, one of South London's finest. Is he from South? No, John oh, Boyega. John Boyega. <laughs> is in there. Pacific Room. I have to remind people and the movie's actually not yeah. Black Panther of the number one spot. That's amazing actually. So shouts out to John. Yes, South London. He's doing so well. He's, in, he's doing he? so well. And did he, I think he, did he direct that? Or he's doing some he's directing got, work as well. Yeah, I don't I think he directed that, but I know, I know what you mean though. He's I'll definitely di- going into some directing work. Yeah. Can I say who I also want to put into Shady Corner? Hmm. And I'm really disappointed about this, right? I read this, ma- and I, I meant to take a picture, but it was before my iPhone's battery got sorted out. So it was like a day, my iPhone was completely dead. Um, and I was just rolling with it. I was at my mum's house and I read um, the Radio Times and there was an interview with Idris Elba mm. and I think Bill Bailey. No, actually, he was in the picture, but it was just Idris who was um, being interviewed and talking about his new sitcom that's going to be on. And it stars um, Idris. It stars J- Jimmy Akimbola, I think his surname is, a black actor. It stars um, a friend of mine, um, Madeleine Akua Bevan, mm-hmm. who is um, a black British Ghanaian actress. Um, and I can't remember who else is in it, but it's based loosely, apparently, on Idris's childhood okay. and growing up in his family home. And he plays a character who's based loosely on his own dad. Right, okay. And I just, I was reading it and they were talking about some facet of the programme whereby they tackle the casual racism of back in those days. So like the 70s in yeah. London, because this is where um, the, the white actor, I think his name's Bill Bailey, came into it. He plays the upstairs neighbour to mm. this family and his son and Idris's son 
are like really good friends, but they say that they tackle, as I said, the casual racism that used to go on back in those days. And then Idris, in part of this interview, (laughs) just did did one kind of sceptre movement. I don't know what it is about black men nowadays. We're all human. We all bleed the same. Talking about, he said, you know what he said? And I'm paraphrasing because I should have taken a picture of it. But as I said, Mm. I couldn't. He said something like, you know, back then we were a lot more thick skinned as if, and in, in, in the context of him saying that it was as if to say, you know, we didn't, we weren't upset by all this um, racism malarkey. Says who? This, I was just, <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, are you mad? This, you uh... were involved in that Sky program, Gorilla. You already mm. tried to rewrite that part of history. Mm. Fam, don't come and start rewriting this part of history. Do you know what it is? I think it's people like, okay, so black people, Men, I'm disappointed women, in it is. You get into positions of power. You get mainstream platforms inviting you on to speak about our experiences, and you say things that don't even make sense. And they I don't feel even like match up to the you're reality. saying them in order to kind of appease this new audience that you've got, and it doesn't make any sense. Skepta, when you're invite invited to GQ magazine and they ask you about the racism that happens within the music industry, what you decide to focus on is the fact that white girls are being insulted by black MCs, when for years, for as long as I can remember, black MCs have been talking piss poorly about black women for the longest amount of time and there are so many different instances of racism that happens within the music industry but yet you use this platform to speak about the feelings of poor, white, of poor white women no but I, I didn't even think that that was his it, it was more to say like so I don't really think it's really racism because now they say that but, the, but, that's, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying Shavri it's like out of all the things that happen in the music industry to do with racism that you must is, have seen this is what you've decided to speak about yeah so what then happens is you say that they print that and then white people are like oh yeah you know because there's reverse racism because you know skepta did an interview with gq and, and that's what he, he said. said even he gave the example and, and it's it, like, i felt like idris did an absolute skepta there oh. and it was really really disappointing i felt like people i feel like people were a lot more thick-skinned back then no no they weren't they were being harshly treated right. that we still had the same issues now we still have a had a catalogue of men being beaten. If, remember, if, the, the sus does, look, remember the sus if laws. If Idris doesn't yeah. know about that, I don't even know. Did so what, were the, what were the Brixton writers about? But didn't he grow up in Hackney? Like, Did he not up. know about what used to go on at Stoke? aggravated. This is what I'm saying. I read it and you know what? There was another line to it. So there was the thick skinned bit and then there was another line to it. And he was saying, you know, we wanted, we wanted to kind of tackle that. And I think he went so far as to say so much has changed now. And I thought, Idris... You need to get out of whatever this this bubble is that you're living in because you're not sounding realistic. And if you're going to talk this trash after the gorilla saga, you're you're going to be Again, fully need to go fully cancelled, fully cancelled. You're lucky your new baby is even brown. Do you know what's hit my mind as well? Going sorry, going back to the sceptic thing. So obviously he's talking about using you know oh there's all these MCs saying really bad things about white women rit, 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 mm. and all the rest of it. But I could have sworn. Actually, I'm 100% certain that there was a certain white DJ that was speaking out the side of his neck about black women. And I didn't see you say boo to a goose about that. Because he probably thought it was fair game. He probably thought, yeah, no, But they know each other. Right. No, so he's there. So he probably thought, yeah, it's all right for that. So it's that's like... That's not racism, that's fine. But that, this, is, this is what I'm talking about. It's like, 
So your white brethren is out there chatting bare grease about black women. That's okay. Mm. You never said nothing. Mm. You get asked the question about racism within mm. within the music industry. This example, as if and this is affected. what you're saying. And the thing is, you think white women care. If they did care, they'd be out in they'll be out after every single black MC. They don't business. Shall I tell you why they don't business? Because it doesn't affect them. Mm. Like mm. it affects black women more mm. so because you come from us. Mm. We're supporting you guys from the mm. ground up, mm. but yet you want to talk disparagingly about us. Mm. So this is why we get pissed off. And then when you get a bloody platform, this is what you want to yeah. speak on. And then, and that's why I've heard And Naomi Campbell says... sitting there like, just looking at him yeah. and it's like, and she's the same one. And I'm actually disappointed in her because she's the one that's like championing diversity within the modeling industry. She's been very outspoken about racism within the modeling industry. Mm. They ask you about it. You're speaking about Donald Trump and all the things that affect us and all the rest of it. Mm. And then this one here, you're supposed to be promoting his brand. Mm. You're just giving a big speech about racism. Mm. And he's like, oh, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. But yeah, black MCs are being really bad and saying really horrible things to about white women. <laughs> How stupid do you look right now, Naomi? <laughs> Can you imagine, Cheryl, oh, you're sitting you. there giving your full you. speech about I, it. I and the person you. that you're doing your co-branding with, or whatever it is, it. is th that's what he's saying. Mm. So again, it just makes it seem like that racism isn't a thing. So mm. go Going back to your point about Idris, he's doing the same shit. Yeah. Stop doing this shit. Yeah, it's annoying. And, don't try and re rewrite history for people that um, suffered this terrible legacy. There's been no, there's been no recompense, restitution. There's been no justice for certain people. There are still situations that go on where people, black people, are treated mm. in ways which are. We've spoken about it on this show. The investigation of of. Um, young Stephen Lawrence's murder. We've see, we see we see the continuing story of the way Sean Rigg was handled when he was in a police station and unfortunately died, and his family feeling as though they've been denied justice. So please let's not talk about racism as if it's some bygone thing. This is not us harping on about it, Skepta, Idris, guys <laughs> and girls. But I'm you know I know where I'm addressing this to. Just because you reach and you're able to reach a certain point, don't ever think that that means, oh, that whole thing about race mm. and being held back because that must have disappeared because I've made it. Because if you're, if you're feeling, if you're thinking like that, you're not paying attention. It's just disappointing. I'd rather you just say, look, I don't want to comment on this and mm. keep it moving. Because when you do say something, it's actually kind of damaging. Mm. And it that's the thing that makes people get really dismissive and like, mm, it's not really a problem though, is it? Mm. Happened years ago. Yeah. If anyone on. gets a chance to read, um, I don't know, my mum has a subscription to Radio Times, but if anyone happens mm. to pick that up and reads Idris's um, interview, tell us what you think. Tell me, am I wrong? Am I taking it out of context? Am I overreacting? Holler at no, us. We're not, on because... so many different um, <laughs> social media platforms I don't now. Think you are. We're on Instagram, mm -hmm. so you can follow us on Instagram. We're on Twitter, and also our shows are now up on YouTube. So just search yeah. us. Um, two, two girls, girls and a mic, mic. The number two, mm -hmm. and also everywhere we are, we tend to hashtag hashtag t two G A A M. So mm -hmm. you can um, follow that hashtag as well and yeah. find out find our output. But holler at us. Yeah, man. Oh, I also want to say, apparently, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been invited to speak at um, the Black Cultural Archives on the oh, 29th yeah, of March. Thing. Yeah, it's called Black Women in Content. So mm -hmm. 
that's what they'll be asking me about. So 20, 29th of March, yeah. Black Cultural Archives, which is in Brixton. Mm-hmm. What time is it? Seven o'clock. And is it tickets? You can get tickets from the Black Cultural Archives. If you go to their website, um, you can get tickets from them. So it should be a really great And what's evening. it about black women? It's just black women who just provide content for the, for the internet. Right, right, and, right. Okay. Yeah, and like, obviously, you know, what we do, like you just mentioned all of our platforms and mm, everything. Mm, mm. They'll probably be, you know, asking, you know, the pros and cons of kind of using it to build your brand right, and to okay. get your voice out there. So that's what it will be about. Okay. So I will be there um, speaking. 29th of March, yes. get down there. So glad it's local. And uh, cut the chat charity basketball match it will be taking place on the 1st of April. That's actually sold out anyway, so I don't know why I'm advertising later. that. But we're um, back but here. But yeah, and we're all time. back next week. So yeah. Bye. Bye.